This is Leisha Holmes and I am your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I am thrilled and honoured to be joined by a fellow podcaster and broadcaster today and for those who are over on LinkedIn and potentially Clubhouse this will be a very familiar face name to you. This is Robert Hanna who is the founder of KC Partners and the host of Legally Speaking and for those watching on YouTube you can see his snazzy background. Welcome to you today Robert, how are you? Ah, uh, thank you so, so much, Leisha. I'm very well and I'm super excited. I love your podcast and everything you do. So yeah, it's a real pleasure to be here. And I'm obviously off a high with everything that's been going on in the, the Euros tournament recently. Absolutely. As we record this, England are poised to be in their first final for 55 years, which is still actually officially older than me. Only just <laughs> my daughters rightly say to me, no, you're absolutely great. We're on a we're in a very exciting time in, as a as a country and as an industry. And I think the main reason that you and I connected is that clearly we've sort of elevated ourselves apart from just being recruiters. We're doing podcasts. And do you want to tell yeah. us a little bit about yours? Yours is legally speaking podcast. So the clue is in the name, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I own a, a legal recruitment firm called Casey Partners, and uh, the Legally Speaking podcast was, was born out of that, really. We wanted to, to make sure we could communicate to our, to our audience, our candidates, our clients, and be humans. And so the Legally Speaking podcast started as a punt very much two and a half years ago, um, and we've learned so, so much um, along the way, but it's been a great sort of business, uh, B2B, B2C vehicle for us, and it's helped us build a, build, build a community. But it's all about trying to entertain, educate, inspire the, the legal world and people who might be interested in the legal world, but get scared by the thoughts of contracts and all of these terms, just come and learn a little bit more. And we've had an array of guests. So I think we're now in 1500 cities worldwide, top two and a half percent of all podcasts in the world. and had the likes of Carol Baskin from Tiger King through to David Jones from Sky Sports to some of the world's top privacy and, and legal change makers. And it's just been a blast. Absolutely loved it. Every single minute of it. So, uh, but I love going on other people's podcasts. So uh, this is why I'm here today and I'm super excited and I'm so happy you had me. Oh, of course. And it's been an absolute thrill to get to know you and to watch everything that you do on social media. And, you know, this isn't just about me rubbing Robert's ego I think you are without a shadow of a doubt elevating everything that you're doing in your sector and I think it's remarkable what you've achieved and I love the fact that it's kind of started accidentally and now it's this global phenomenon and it's, it's definitely I mean I've listened to a few and they are just brilliant episodes and you know as someone that's shared clubhouse rooms with you as well you are a natural broadcaster so I can see why it's been such a huge success but we're going to talk primarily we, we are going to come back to the broadcasting element during this conversation today so stay tuned on that but I want to kind of contextualize you as a recruitment leader yeah. and you know you and I I think we go quite a long way back in terms of our recruitment careers you started um during the sort of what was called the credit crunch of 2008 when the Lehman Brothers obviously you know created this cascade of horror across the financial world and you know what do you think that crisis taught you then as a, as a newbie recruiter I think you were S3 weren't you and, and how do you think it then prepared you for what the whole recruitment, well, the whole world has gone through in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. It, it taught me a lot of things and it taught me a lot of the cliches you hear in recruitment to be a good recruiter. So just to set the stall, um, I started in S3 in 2008. The first day I walked through the door, I'm seeing people carry PCs, monitors, out of the office. I'm like, what's going on? And people are screaming, Lehman's is going down. There's a crash, there's a crash, there's a crash. And of course, as a fresh graduate with no commercial office experience or anything, I'm like, okay, what on earth is going on here? 
Um, and it was just my first day. I think I was being shown the database and going around saying hello to all the team leaders and managers and everything else. So that was an experience, but it taught me very, very early that you know, you're gonna have setbacks. There are gonna be challenges in this industry. It can be ups, there can be downs, and you have to be resilient and you have to continue to master your craft. And I always say to people, everyone looks at the, the sort of now, yes, you've got a business, you're doing all this social audio stuff, you've done this, you're, this. It all started as a first year flop. You know, I was a terrible recruiter when I first started. Really, really didn't stick with it. I thought it was going to be, you know, something, oh, I'm, I've been always been competitive at sports. I've always done this, always done that. Recruitment will come naturally to me. It really didn't. And obviously I can blame the market, but as you and I both know, Alicia, you know, there are excuses at the end of the day. The quality will always shine through if you really master your craft learn from people. So the greatest things I, I took from that is, okay, who is doing very well right at the moment? So I was very proactive in reaching out to the top performing individuals within the organization just at lunchtime. What are you doing at the moment? Because I'm doing all of these cold calls. I'm doing all of these, um, nothing's happening for me. What, what do I need to change and learn? And actually, if you pick up those little nuggets is what I did very, very early from people. Whilst I was failing, I was like, I don't mind failing. So I'm gonna get grace. You know, I'm in, a, I'm in a credit crunch. As long as I'm showing up, I'm on time, I'm professional, I'm punctual, I'm part of the team, I'm collaborative, then I'm gonna get given a shot because, you know, there was mass redundancies when I first start. You know, half of the office just went. And so the only reason I stayed was because of my worth ethic. It wasn't because I was any good. It was because of I was committed and I was dedicated. And you know, to be a recruiter, you've got to show all of those good traits. But I knew I needed to get better and learn and develop. So I made sure I surrounded myself by all the top people. And I really invested myself in training and upskilling myself. And as a result of that, after my sort of 12, 18 months, then it really clicked. And then it started getting getting good. You know, it's a really, really important point to make because I think so often, and particularly up to the point of, of March 2020, when obviously the world totally crashed in every sense, yeah. I think you could find recruiters who'd come in on the crest of a wave and they then thought they were the, you know, the dog's bollocks and they really possibly weren't. And I think yeah. starting your recruitment career at possibly the, the you know, to me, I mean, I've it's got a career spanning 23 years you know the worst time apart from obviously the last 12 18 months you, tenacity and that commitment to keep going in adversity we talk about resilience is paramount yeah. and and actually that's where i think if people have experienced maybe flaky recruiters or those who are just very transactional it's because they possibly have been on the crest of a wave or have been awarded legacy clients and you've had to grasp for every single thing. I love the sort of the notion that you went in your own sort of, you know, you thought, well, how, how am I going to do this? Well, I've got, you know, I've got this training happening back. I'm going to go and talk to them because they're billing and they're doing okay. What are you doing? And you okay. elevated yourself and that would have been fed back. But the osmosis effect of learning from people around you, and that possibly, you know, we can come back to that, but we, we've possibly lost that over the last 18 months because we've been forced to work in isolation. You can't quite get the same effect, but I love your energy when you talk about that because you've probably learned more in that first year from supposedly failing or not achieving what you wanted to than you would have done if you'd have gone in and smashed it from day one. 
And you know what it teaches you? It teaches you gratitude. I think it's, you know, I was grateful for my first interview. I was grateful for a job that wasn't even on exclusive. You know, I was grateful for just any break. And so, because it has been such a tough start. And the other thing, you know, I could wish to be the next famous footballer, but I just going talking to Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to make me the best footballer. What I had to do, and I, I'd go and talk to these top performers and think, well, why am I? No, what's that one nugget? You know, maybe it might be a phrase on an email. It might be a phrase of questioning. Yeah. You know, that's the thing to, to become a perfectionist and master your craft. It's all these little things that day by day you can tweak and improve. And even now I'm learning. I still am. A, um, I'm still learning recruitment. You know, I still do not know everything that's going on from an ownership perspective, from a running perspective, from a billing perspective, managing perspective, because we're dealing with people and we're dealing with change day in, day out. You can never I don't believe there's a recruitment expert that exists. I think there's recruitment people that do very well, but we should always be looking at mastering and creating our our craft and having that curiosity and thirst for learning because yeah i mean i've seen recruitment change massively from this transactional where you could be transactional you could just have a psl and you could slam in your deals and yeah. it'll all be gravy so now that you can't get away with that now in this community-based world that we're moving to yeah no i totally agree with you and i think that curiosity and inquisitiveness are two traits and behaviors that we don't ever really talk about in recruitment yeah. but you know what we are the ones that will unpick and we'll probe and we'll make sure we're lifting that bonnet every single time and we'll ask for the no all the time and we want to know we we genuinely want to know because yeah. that's what will make us understand you as the client or the candidate better and that often doesn't get talked about but i think if we're thinking about my my audience is all recruiters and recruitment leaders um it's it's about 60 percent uk the rest is yeah. uh, europe america and pan asia which is very exciting for us that we've got this growing audience globally and you know we've all gone through this pandemic together we've all gone through an economic crash last year in 2020 and we're now all in a position where generally speaking it's the total opposite now it's job rich yeah talent short regardless of your sector I know that legal will be the same as rectorate will be the same as tech life sciences industrial it doesn't matter so it's very important that people sort of think how can what can I do for me in my own career but also for my team around me and for those we've got to think about new talent coming through and what Robert's just shared that is absolute gold a you never stop learning we're dealing with people it's ever moving parts how can you say I know everything you don't know everything Uh, and actually maybe we should think about hiring people who are more inquisitive and you know go that extra mile and and sort of do that and would you you know thinking about over the the last 18 months then when you look around your business people in your company who you don't need to name names but who who impressed you in terms of what they did to to sort of show that they could elevate themselves in in an economic crisis and it's, it's a great point. And just on the market point you mentioned, I've never seen a swing like it, particularly in the legal world. I mean, we've been in candidate rich markets, client rich markets. And like you say, at the moment, that swing over the last six months has been so significant. I don't believe anyone was really prepared for how much demand and how talent short the market would suddenly be key and the power shift that's happened. So that's a really interesting point because I believe to be skilled recruiters, you have to understand the metrics of your market. You need your market knowledge. You need to know obviously the technical side, but you also need to know where the market trajectory is going and how you can actually then service that. But the types of people that have done well during the pandemic and impressed me are the ones that show up. 
You know, I, I think it's very easy to give up when you go through the hardest time and the most unprecedented, you know, I'm leading a business where I have zero experience of going through a pandemic. I am making so many errors from the top down every minute, every hour, every day, because I haven't been through this and I'm trying. But sometimes when you try, it's not enough. You make mistakes. So people who actually say, Do you know what, I give this business grace. I give this leader grace. I'm showing up. I'm going to give myself 110 percent. And I'm not I refuse that. That for me is like is the AIE attitude is everything. Like I'm a big advocate of that so not giving up was the number one thing and then i love creativity you you talked about sort of curiosity and sort of for me i would hands down in the modern market take a creative person over potentially more your traditional just going for it straight 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 transactional view because they can think about how they can build this brand how they can build this community how you can bring people to you years and years of recruitment have been so transactional outbound labor intensive doing all of the work we're actually someone who can utilize and leverage social audio technology think outside the box be creative all of these things that build value to your market audience I take that hands down. So people came up with some really creative ideas, bespoke to our particular industry, and, and, and it's, it, it worked really well. And it kept us busy. You know, when the market was silent, when there wasn't as many jobs, we could be doing all of this stuff that's productive, that put us in a good position for when the market swings. And so now, whilst it is still a talent short market, we have been communicating and had vehicles that allowed us to activate. So we do have candidates for our clients where a lot of other agencies are just saying, well, there's no candidates on the market. Yes, because you haven't been finding creative ways to keep in touch with the passive ones that are the ones that are the gold that we all know make us the, make us the, uh, the clients happy. Totally true. Just a couple of points to kind of pick up on that. Show up, you know, show up or go home, basically. Absolutely, 100%. Don't just say it, do it. Um, yeah. In terms of the kind of pre-COVID recruiter, this is a bit disingenuous. However, the one-trick pony, you know, you're just doing yourself. I mean, that that is so draconian. That just cannot exist anymore. And I think to have somebody who is a solution person, you want to call them creative, I call them solution-driven, what are we going to do? It's thinking outside the box. I would rather have a dozen of them than, or one of those than a dozen one-trick ponies because I think that everything's changed and it leads on very nicely to why you and I connected. I think it, it was early on this year, although it feels like about 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I have that effect on people. Um, <laughs> the COVID effect, that's possibly also being of a certain age. Um, but I think you have become, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the top voices in social media. And that's across LinkedIn. It's obviously across all the different digital channels and with, with your podcast. And, you know, it's just remarkable how you've done that. So I, can you talk us through the steps that allowed you to become this individual, this, this sort of broadcaster that you now are, in, in, as well as running a, a successful recruitment business? Yeah, and I, I always believe it's it's important to be very open. So it's not been easy. And I think it's it's been easier because I own my own business and I call the shots. So yeah. I have the freedom to express myself. Um, but comes with that, you know, I, I will still get imposter syndrome. I will still have people that 100% will not buy into that. You will still have naysayers and you will still have all of these other things. But parking that aside, but I think they're important things. First thing I said to myself, I need to get over myself. I'm just a normal person. 
And I think actually I can use my voice to help build a community, influence and empower and inspire. So I set up my legal recruitment firm because I wanted to do things differently. I was bored of doing 10 CV send outs just for the sake of a KPI. I was bored of having to just do a lunch hour one till two. I was bored of all of this stuff that I personally did not believe in. I think a lot of that still exists and that's fine, but that's not the way I'm running my business. I'm running my business in terms of we're going to be different. We're going to disrupt the market. I'm against competitors that have been going for 30 years who have got 120,000 more candidates on their database, who have got 100 more clients on their systems than me, who know their names firsthand. I'm just this new kid off the block that's coming out. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to go to digital and I'm going to leverage digital to the max because I know if you do that smartly and intelligently and you're producing value and you're being human and relatable, people are like, oh, who is this Rob person? Oh, and actually he has got quite an interesting podcast. Oh, that newsletter is quite interesting. Oh, and suddenly people start to see you emerge. And so for me, it was really about how can we be different from just doing the traditional picking up the phone, calling, putting out adverts, headhunting, all of the recruitment stuff that's been going on for dinosaurs years. Um, what are we going to do? It's different. Why, why are we just another legal recruitment firm? No. So that was my main passion and ambition for wanting to do it. And as a leader of a business, you have to lead from the front. You know, I can't encourage people um, because it doesn't come naturally to certain people to build a personal brand. Certain people would like to be an introvert and they just say, look, I, I don't want to put myself out there. I'm not comfortable with that. But, you know, no one wants to cold call initially. Nobody <laughs> loved cold calling. So, you know, that's my, my argument is, you know, putting yourself out there is putting yourself out there as much now as it was back then in the day when you didn't want to have to cold call that person who's probably going to tell you to go away. Well, you have competitive advantage now because if you bring something out that's valuable and they see that and engage, it's a great, easy, warm voice note or message in start conversations. So, yeah, I was very, very big on trying to, to disrupt a market through using vehicles I didn't see exist. I have the other added leverage that I'm in legal. And legal is always behind many other industries in itself because they're so resistant to change and even the legal recruitment firms. So it was a real chance for us to get in early and maximise on it. Which you've definitely done with a plum. There's no question about it. And it's something that always strike when I did the Hoxo Academy last year, when Sean Anderson would say, you know, we we all come from a cold calling background. So you could spend, you know, days trying to get through to that one person. But if you actually put out one piece of valuable content, you could reach thousands of people in one go. And it just Correct. when when you listen, when you think about that, you think, what are we all doing? And, and you can put that on repeat and you can chop and dice that piece of content up. Whereas if you're having to re-script your amount of times I used to have to get my team leaders re-scripting my head on sheets and all of these things. And it's still no, no, no. Well, you have opportunity to 10x that and multiply it and yeah, and leave it evergreen. And it can be out there working for you in the uh, in the stratospheres online. I love the fact that you've used the word. I mean, it, it was definitely a word of 2018, I think, 2019, which was disruptor. Um, yeah. But I think that it's rather than being disruptor, I think it's, you know, influencer, it's, you know, game changer. That's a more positive way to look at what you are doing in your sector, which I know that, you know, traditionally speaking, has been, you know, quite sort of stoical in how it operates and is probably reticent to change because it's always been done a certain way. I mean, there's probably many sectors like finance, for example, out there that are, are similar. But, you know, you will follow suit at the end of the day, because ultimately it's the next generation of talent that comes through in the legal sector that buys through social media. It's what we all do. 
So I think it's... And it's interesting because people message me now saying, Rob, I've seen another legal recruitment firm's done that. Are you annoyed? I'm like, no, because that means we need to up our game. They're doing what we did two and a half years ago. Right, what's next for us? How are we staying ahead? Rob, you know, what, what, what about green room now? Like, is Clubhouse dead? Like, why aren't Twitter? Like, I'm so like, okay, we need to be steps ahead because I believe in this whole way the world is going. But it's important to note that it's the culture of the business that you're in. Because you could be, I know your audience is recruiters and recruitment business owners. Some recruitment business owners will say, this is a load of nonsense. And, you know, and that's fair because they might still be hitting their numbers, delivering, and, you know, and so why change? But I'm a big advocate. If you embrace change, then things can be better. And what we have done is a short-term loss for a long-term gain because yeah. that community, once it's built and established and you foster and develop that, contacts are good, but relationships pay. And that really works in the virtual world as well because you can turn those into long-term, really kind of customer lifetime value relationships. So um, yeah, it takes a bit of pain to start with. And so certain businesses might be like, we don't want to do that. We're not interested in it. We just want to get our deals in. We need to make sure the months and months and months and months are hitting. And that's great. But I think to really go somewhere and have impact and influence, you've got to do this stuff. You do. And I'm going to pick up on the C word there, community. You know, yeah. building a community, we talked about this offline before we came on, and it's and it, it definitely the, one of the hottest words out there in recruitment, I think, and it has been really since COVID began, because you believe that the secret to success now for recruitment businesses and recruiters is to build a community. So why, why do you think that there's been such a shift? I mean, I know you've just touched on it there. Okay, so I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now, and what one company... Oxo Media are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxhub Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, Give these guys a shout, but make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. Because nobody can sell a recruitment business um, unless they're trying to sell a database of a load of permanent candidates, um, unless you've got a temp desk of recurring revenue. 
it's so hard, you know, it's so hard to, to, whereas if you've got a community that you're established and built up, I think that is invaluable in modern society. I think it's what people are craving. I think people want to know the humans behind the recruiters. I think they want to know who they can know, trust and like. Um, I think it's so, so, so important now, not only from a candidate perspective, but from a client perspective. And I do think this whole pandemic has really sort of, it's humbled a lot of people and it's really made sure that people have come down to earth to be really human. And do you know what? Oh, Rob, I always just thought you were this sort of, you know, recruiter that is just on it all the time. But it's so nice that you've got a dog called Otto. I didn't know that. You know, he's lovely. You know, also on the weekends you do that. Yes. You know, share what you're comfortable sharing. But, you know, personal is good. Private, keep private and be the human so people can see what you do, not just in the office, but out of the office as well. I think that's so important now. No, it's absolutely. And to me, that was, that has been one of the best things, if you can say that, that's not being uncompassionate to people that have had a shocking time but we have all had to sort of I guess become human again and yeah. actually that's the heart of what recruitment is about we're creating opportunities for people to go and work with other people so understanding what they do outside of work and whether they've got a dog or a child or whatever it might be that's what it's all about and I think that's where for me community we, we lost it and I think we lost it because of this because of technology yeah. but actually we can use technology to create those communities again and create a sense of purpose shared values and do so in a really meaningful way which you certainly seem to have done in your sector but actually beyond the fact that I'm connected to you and I'm not in legal obviously I'm a, I'm a recruiter but I think it, it has a, a ripple effect and I think that's yeah. got to be a good thing. I think it does. And, you know, I think it makes the industry more exciting. So I think it was going a period of being stale. Well, now, you know, I get to, you know, I obviously love sales. Any recruiter has to love sales. It's got to be in your blood. You've got to want to do, you know, either fixing clients or doing deals or making candidates. You've got to love that. Like that's our industry. That's got to get you excited. But I also love the creativity. And I love like now we can match the two, that sort of marketing and sales, if you like, and bring it under one. And we change lives. You know, I still get a buzz. You know, people forget all oh, recruitment. It's like, where do you spend the largest amount of your time on planet Earth at work? Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree with you. I'm just going to adjust my superhero cape. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm, you know, you and God, you, you are saying so many things that I've said over the years. I totally, yeah. we do change people's lives. And yeah. gosh, I am, I am still that girl from 1998 who gets excited by getting a candidate and interview. So I know I'm mostly yeah. a sales girl, but actually, it's, I've been in this sector as long as I have. And you've been in it as long as you have, having worked through, you know, recession after recession, because we love changing people's lives and you create a community of people around you that you can take on that journey. You might not place all of them, but you're going to add some value there, going to add value to you. And that's, I do think it's quite a humbling thing that we've gone through, but I think recruitment needed to go through that. I'm sorry to say, but I think it did. I think you're right. I think it, we'd, we'd, we'd become so one dimensional and we're not now. I think you're right. And I've never got to know as many recruiters as a result of the pandemic, the amount of recruitment, networking, lunches, getting to know, like we've connected, I see as one of my like, dear friends in the industry. And so, you know, I think it's really important that that industry has shifted. I also just want to say to any recruiters that have started in a tough environment, it's, it is, I've not started in a pandemic, but I've started in a recession. 
you can start in tough environments and you can still go on. And also, I do believe in self-accountability. You have to take your own self-accountability. Do not blame. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. As cliche as that is, it's so, so important. And don't and take risks. The only reason I've got to where I have is through taking risks. Yeah. You know, starting a podcast back three and a half years ago when no one really heard of them. Setting up a business. I'd left, I started in oil and gas with 18 months. Then I moved to procurement and supply chain after six years. Then after no legal experience, I set up a legal recruitment firm with no legal recruitment market knowledge or experience. Like you have to believe in yourself. You've got to be passionate about what you do. And if you do that, you'll be fine. So don't get bogged down on, if you're in a market at the moment that you hate, then you can transfer. If someone's saying to you, oh, you all your experience is three years in te technology, there's no way you can go and do procurement. Absolute nonsense. Like if you've got transferable skills and will, it can happen. So yeah, I just want to make that point. I'm going to be, we're going to be sound biting that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really powerful coming from a non-rector. It's true. And everything that you've yeah. just said there is a number of points, self-accountability. It's, it, and I mean, I just forget what your job is. Recruitment, recruiter, teacher, doctor, what, policeman, whatever you are, if it doesn't come from within you, don't yeah. do it. And, you know, I genuinely think the reason I've stayed in this sector and will always stay, you know, I've, I've been tempted out so many times to do something else, probably much more lucrative than Rectorec, although it's, I found it a very rewarding career. It's because I'm genuinely interested in the recruiters that I speak to every day. And I think yeah. that's where, if, what, what, from what Robert's saying, though, if you're listening to this thinking, you know, I'm placing X and I'm just not enjoying it, but I know I love recruitment. Of course you can get into a different sector, 100%. Find something that you enjoy yeah. and you'll never work a day in your life. Thank you, Confucius, for that amazingly plagiarized <laughs> Uh, saying which we've all over years oh it's been I knew it'd be upbeat and I knew it'd be valuable but my god you've given us some amazing insights and takeaways today so we're really grateful to you what what's coming up have we got any have you got any I don't know live events that you're going to be hosting what what's coming up for for you and yeah. your we've got we've got quite a few we've got some new guests coming on the podcast that are coming soon we're in talks with i think i can say it uh amal clooney george clooney's wife um who's a barrister top barrister with in talks with potentially judge rinder so we've got some pretty cool stuff um that may or may not happen but, you know, if you want these guests then you've got to go out and get them um, and on the business side like every recruiter at the moment we're super busy um, you know, in the legal world, we do the whole raft of um, legal areas. So that keeps us super, super busy. And yeah, and for myself, I'm embracing this social audio influence. So I believe we're in a creator economy. I believe the future is digital. I believe the future is community. I believe there's change that's needed. And I'm very happy that, um, you know, you said such kind words and all the recognition because it is a lot of hard work and you have to show up for your community. It's all well and good building one. Unless you're consistent and supportive and embrace yourself, it will go. So it is important that you do that. So uh, yeah, that's what I would say from me. And I would just like to say thank you so much to you, Lisa. It's been an absolute pleasure. I knew you were going to be a superstar host. You're so welcoming. You're so friendly. You're so funny. You're so encouraging and supportive. So it's been an absolute honour to be on your show. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Of, I am actually blushing for anyone that's watching. I am truly blushing. That's very kind of you. And thank you for joining us today. We're really grateful to you. My pleasure.